Hello and welcome to the Flying Frisbee podcast with me, Dominic Frisbee. As always, you can read today's piece, you can listen to today's piece, or you can read and listen at the same time, as some people like to do. And today's piece is called Navigating the Chills of Junior Mining. And this article first appeared in Money Week. Mining is infamously cyclical. But if ever there was an industry that blows desert hot and arctic cold, it is the subsector of small cap and early stage companies known as junior miners. And boy, has it been blowing cold. Many of the old hands are saying this is the worst bear market they've ever known. Worse than 2013 to 15 when junior mining had a near-death experience following the boom of the noughties. Worse than the bear market of the 1990s that came with colossally depressed metals prices at the end of a 20-year bear market, and then the Briex scandal. Briex was one of the scams of the century. The Canadian gold mining company falsified gold samples from its mine in the middle of nowhere in Indonesia. The stock went up over a thousand times from pennies to a six billion valuation before the fraud was exposed. Many were defrauded and the sector went into a prolonged depression, starving it of capital. The story became the basis for the film Gold, starring Matthew McConaughey. Mining needs capital. It typically takes more than 15 years to take a mine from discovery to production, as 15 years of drilling, development and mine building with no chance of profit in sight, unless you sell your deposit to someone else who then has to find the capital to take it into production. Millions, sometimes billions of dollars are needed. There is no immediate return. There is no guaranteed return. Why invest in something with such long time horizons when you can invest in some tech play that will have its app uploaded to the App Store, potentially generating revenue in a matter of months? The gains are quicker and the aggro is lower. A lot can happen in those 15 years developing a mine. The metals markets can change from supply shortages sending prices higher to glut sending prices lower. The money markets can change. Interest rates can go up, for example. Political situation can change. Politicians might seize strategic assets or impose windfall taxes. Anti-mining lobby groups might block development. ESG narratives might take hold and prevent progress. It might be that after 10 years of drilling, you discover the deposit is not quite as economic as you once hoped. The cycle turns. Mining is hard. Many walk away. Then there's no capital in the sector. With no capital, there's no new metal supply coming to market. Then there's a shortage of metal. Then suddenly we need to invest. Then capital floods the sector. It all starts to look rosy again. People make a lot of money. Projects that will never make it to production start to get financed. Investors start to lose money. Rinse and repeat. With Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine in 2022, commodity prices skyrocketed. Supply chains were disrupted. Russian natural resources, and there are a lot of them, were now effectively offline to the West. Nickel was probably the poster child of the parabola. It suddenly spiked from around $17,000 to $100,000. The London Metals Exchange had never seen anything like it. Monday, the March the 7th, 2022 was the date. That was the peak of the market. A bear market took hold. It has left the eyes of anyone invested in the sector bleeding. Doesn't matter if the metal being mined is base or precious, strategic or industrial, junior mining is in the doghouse. Metals prices themselves might not be that disastrous. Gold is close to $2,000 an ounce. Copper is not far off $8,500 to 
$100 a ton. Iron ore is at $130 a ton. I've seen worse. The senior producers, the likes of BHP Billiton or Glencore, are not faring that badly either. It's the juniors, the development plays, the explorers that have been slaughtered. There are exceptions. Uranium, for example. We need uranium. Kazakhstan, the world's largest producer, is struggling to get its uranium to market in the West. It has Russia to the north, China, which will not export to the east, Afghanistan and Iran to the south, and Ukraine to the east. It's geographically problematic. For that reason, I like uranium and I think it's going higher. But more than 90% of the mining companies in the uranium mining ETFs will not see any production for at least a decade, probably two. Taking a uranium mine to production is an even a longer process than for most other metals. The ETFs might be going up, but the companies within them are drains of capital. The only compelling reason to invest in them is that the value of their resources are perceived to be increasing. I wouldn't touch them myself. You're better off just owning the metal. Yellowcake, YCA.L, which stores it, is the way to play it. You could say the same for gold. Mining is supposed to give you leverage to the metal. That hasn't happened. This chart shows gold and the gold miners. When the chart is rising, miners are outperforming the metal. That has not happened in any sustained way for 20 years. The metal has been outperforming the miners. There are so many ways to own gold. ETFs, online bullion banks, futures, spread bets, CFDs. Why take the individual company risk of a miner? Though, on the positive side, there are signs we might be making a multi-year double bottom. The result of all this is that there are junior mining companies that are currently offering extraordinary value. I'm not saying that in two months' time they won't be offering even more value, that is to say they've got even cheaper. They might well have. But in any case, here is a selection of four companies that I think have a good chance of doubling or tripling if and when this sector turns up. Two of these are Canada listed, that is where most juniors are based. So if you're foolhardy enough to want to buy any of these companies, you'll need a broker that deals in Canadian companies. I use II, Interactive Investor. They have their shortcomings, but they're cheap. If you sign up with them, say I referred you, frizzers at gmail.com, and you'll get a year for free while I get a referral fee. So here's the first, Sierra Madre Gold and Silver. It's putting a past-producing silver mine, La Guitarra, in Mexico back into production. A fortnight ago, it declared that it has dramatically more silver than previously thought. Its mineral resource estimate went from 17 million ounces to 47.4 million ounces of silver in total, measured and indicated. It's a big development. The news came quicker than expected and better than expected. In mining, it's usually the reverse. The market barely shrugged. In a bull market, this news would have doubled the stock. Sierra Madre will be producing silver next year. Permits are all in place. The mine reconstruction is months, not years, away from completion. It needs silver at around $13 to $14 to break even. The silver price is $23 to $24, so it makes around $10 profit on each ounce. It will end up being lower than that. It always is, but you get the point. The mine's previous production was 1 to 2 million ounces per year. Sierra could produce at higher rates than previously anticipated given the increased resource. But even at the previous rate, Sierra will make 10 to $20 million per year, which for a $36 million US uh, dollar market cap company is pretty compelling. Anticipated production rates are 800,000 ounces in year one, 
million ounces in year two, then 1.6, 1.75 and 2.2 million by year five. There is also potential to increase the resource when it drills out the eastern portion of the property. It's going to need to raise several million in the next few months, but CEO Alex Langer has that in hand. The next piece of the jigsaw is for him to demonstrate that to a doubting market. Then production, hopefully by summer next year. Langer is buying, I've been buying too. There's not undecided Andrada Mining, ATM.L, is a play on both tin and lithium. It started out as a tin miner with lithium and tantalum byproduct, but lithium discoveries at its UIS project in Namibia have proved so compelling that the company rebranded itself as Andrada. After Brazilian mineralogist José Bonifacio de Andrada A. Silva, who first discovered the lithium-bearing minerals petalite and spodumene. The lithium story has been suffering a little of late as the ESG narrative has lost its way. But this could prove a globally significant resource. In any case, though many not not that many seem to realise, the destiny of Andrada's lithium is in the ceramics industry, not batteries. Management is young and ambitious. The company is producing tin at profit. We're waiting for news on a big catalyst for the stock, which is its partnership with a strategic investor. There are, we gather, numerous applicants, but this is a conversation that has been going on a long time. It's a 5p stock. Could easily be 10 or 15p if this deal comes off. Teresa PLC, LSE.THS and JSE.THA, It's another cheap London-listed mining play, which now has a market cap below £200 million. It's been suffering because Platinum Group metals have been so out of favour, though it also produces significant amounts of chrome, which it ships directly to China at considerable profit from its eponymous Teresa mine in South Africa. Teresa alone supplies around 10% of China's annual chrome demand, and chrome prices remain strong. The company has $127 million in cash and cash on hand of uh, $270 million uh, US dollars, including a debt of $142 million. Its dividend yield is currently around 9%. The money is to construct its Caro project in Zimbabwe, but weak PGM prices mean it's delayed development by a year, which is unfortunate. Even without Caro, which the market appears to have deemed a liability, not an asset, earnings per share for this year are roughly... 32p, putting it on a PE of 2. Next year, those earnings will be lower if the the slide in PGM prices continues. So, earnings per share will be lower. Then again, PGM prices could rise. By the time Caro is producing, you could be looking at a company with a 400,000 ounce per annum of PGM and 2 million tonnes of chrome production with decades of mine life. It's huge. The market hates it, but it's a bargain if you're prepared to take on the risk of one South Africa and two, mining. And finally, Manita Gold. Oh, Manita, like an errant lover that promises heaven and delivers only heartache. Manita is developing the largest undeveloped gold project in North America, the Tower Gold Project near Timmins, Ontario. Its mineral resource estimate showed it has 12.8 million ounces with a market cap of 100 million Canadian dollars. That means its gold is currently priced at $6 an ounce, US dollars. It's not unheard of for companies in such mining-friendly jurisdictions to trade at 10 times that. For example, nearby Marathon Gold, which has around 4 million ounces, has just last week been taken out by Calibre Mining for equivalent of around $60 an ounce. 
but with all the successful step-out and infill drilling that has taken place, it has put out something like 16 positive news releases in a row. That resource estimate is going to increase to, in my view, somewhere above 15 million ounces. But this is a huge project, a low-grade bulk deposit, and it needs bucket loads of capital to take it forwards. It also needs a new CEO. Chairman Joseph Vejvoda is standing in as interim CEO while the search goes forward. The investment thesis is that this asset is simply too big to ignore and that a major will buy it. My concern is that this story is so well known now. Why has a major not already gobbled it up? Final note. I'd love to tell you that a bull market is around the corner, cripes it's overdue and that these things are going to rock it. I can't say that. I can say that these things are cheap, but we're just going into North American tax uh, selling season when investors sell off their losers to take a tax loss. That's only going to add to the selling pressure. The amazing bull market of 2016 began almost on the last day of tax selling in 2015. Let's hope, pray for a repeat. Bull markets in junior mining tend to strike you when you least expect them. Often they just happen with no apparent trigger. When they do happen, they happen fast and the moves can take your breath away. It's often better to book your seat on the bus in advance. Thank you very much for listening. That article first appeared in Money Week magazine. Um, All the usual disclaimers apply. If you like this podcast, please rate and review us on Amazon. If you're buying gold, my recommended bullion dealer is the Pure Gold Company. Uh, There's a link to them in the article. And there's also a link to Interactive Investor if you are looking to uh, buy any of these stocks. Until next time, goodbye.